Welcome to Think About This. I'm Alexis Dean, and I am so glad you're here. For years, I've been building a community of high-performing, high-impact, wildly generous, and supportive entrepreneurs. I've made a lot of introductions between incredible people, and I always wish that I could learn from the conversations that take place after those introductions. On this show, you and I will get to be part of the conversation as I bring together two successful entrepreneurs for peer-to-peer support and discussions that normally happen behind closed doors. Listen in as we solve fascinating business challenges with lessons and ideas that apply across industries. Get ready to learn, expand, and grow. This is the Think About This podcast, brought to you by the Dovetail community. This week's problem we're tackling, when you've already built a business, how do you add professional speaking to it? I'm lucky enough to work with some phenomenal woman entrepreneurs in the Dovetail community, women who run their businesses and speak on stages all over the world. If you're running a business and you're not yet speaking professionally, is it time to start? If so, how do you do it? On this episode, I'm talking to Farah Perlmutter, co-founder of one of North America's top speaking agencies, Speaker Spotlight, and Heather Chauvin, a successful author and leadership coach who left a corporate career on her own terms years ago. Now Heather's asking Farah, how do you re-enter the corporate world as a speaker on your own terms without losing your voice, message, and positioning? Farah Perlmutter is CEO and co-founder of Speaker Spotlight. She started Speaker Spotlight in 1995 with her husband Martin in a little room in their apartment where they shared a desk, a phone, and a computer. They had no clients, no experience, no staff, and no money. But they had a clear vision and a strong belief that with a lot of hard work and a little luck, they could make it a reality. Since that time, Speaker Spotlight has grown into one of the world's largest and most respected speakers agencies. To date, Speaker Spotlight has arranged more than 30,000 speaking engagements in over 35 countries worldwide and has been fortunate to receive many awards and accolades along the way. In 2017, Speaker Spotlight launched the Spotlight Agency, which connects high-caliber talent with opportunities worldwide. The agency represents celebrities from entertainment, sports, food, decor, and more, and unites them with brands, digital content, film, and television. Farah has been recognized in the events industry numerous times, whether it being ranked as one of Canada's top 100 women entrepreneurs for seven consecutive years, or being featured in various media. She's been an active member of YPO, and is also proud to serve on the Western University Alumni Board. For Farah, nothing is more special than spending time with her husband and kids, whether it's eating dinner, watching a movie, or sitting around a bonfire. As long as they're together, she feels fortunate. Heather Chauvin is a leadership coach who helps ambitious, overwhelmed women conquer their fears and become leaders at work and at home. Drawing from her professional experience as a social worker and her life experience raising three boys, Heather created a signature approach to help her clients create and enjoy sustainability, profitability, and ease in business and in life. She's the host of the Mom is in Control podcast, where she reveals her most vulnerable truths about womanhood, marriage, parenting, living through stage four cancer, and running a successful business without burning out. She released her first book, Dying to be a Good Mother, in 2021, and it's already a bestseller. When Heather isn't busy driving her boys to hockey practice, you can find her curled up on the couch next to her husband, planning their next family adventure. By the end of this conversation, you'll know what it takes to transition your business experience to more speaking opportunities, and how to take an unconventional business background and make it applicable to wider audiences. Let's dive in. So excited to have you here today, Heather and Farah. 
And you know, as we were talking just before recording, there are so many conversations that happen behind the scenes. And for both of you, you know, I've talked to each of you about your businesses and about where you're going and what your aspirations are with both of them. And Heather, you and I have had some conversations about getting back into the speaking world in corporate. So I wanted to connect you with Farah, and I know that she's going to have so much insight for you. So Heather, I'll let you take it away. What is your big question for Farah, and where can we go from here? Thank you, Alexis. And I always love the opportunity to be able to connect with. I just think when we're all together and we're also wise and we just need to be open to receiving. So I'm so incredibly grateful for this opportunity and to meet you, Farah. This is the first time you and I have connected. So as a social worker turned coach in the online world, I've been spending a lot of time um, podcasting and in my with my coaching and recently wrote a book and I have the desire to step more fully into the speaking world. I've done a little bit of speaking. Um, I spoke at Google. I have a TEDx talk. I've done a speaker slam um, and there's a few other things, but really my question is about positioning myself as a speaker, um, re-entering the corporate world as a speaker. So my, I guess the way I wanted to frame my question is, leaving a traditional job in the corporate world to build a life and business on my own terms, how do I then reposition myself to enter corporate again as a speaker while still staying in my lane with the integrity of the message that I want to put out there? Okay, well, you've been in the corporate world, so that's good. So you understand how the corporate world works and uh, the needs and the objectives of the audiences. So I think uh, what I can do is I can tell you um, what our audiences are looking for. So we work with corporations across North America and around the world. So my advice would be based on what our audiences are looking for. So can we start out by you telling me more about what you speak about, what your story is? Yeah, so I speak, I guess, in a nutshell, a lot about the work life balance uh, for working moms and behind the scenes there's a lot that happens in our mind and our bodies of you know our beliefs and the stories that we tell ourselves of who we need to show up so my personal story you know my book dying to be a good mother is around how I was diagnosed with stage four cancer seven years ago and almost died trying to be good to the world, trying to be good to my children, trying to be good in my work, doing it on their terms and neglecting my own needs. And it, it was definitely started way before I was diagnosed with cancer and a big wake up call for me too was motherhood and really feeling disconnected, going to bed at night, feeling like I was failing as a mom because I was yelling and I was stressed out and overwhelmed. And when I tried to seek feedback from, uh, you know, women in my life, it was, you know, suck it up, buttercup. This is the way life is. And there was that deeper part of me that was saying, not this, not this, not this. And so when I started going on my own personal development journey, whether that was through the parenting lens or um, a health lens, I realized that there's this whole other world and way of being in the world. And so now I mother from that place. I work from that place. I set my days up in that place. 
Um, there's a process that I teach called energetic time management, and it's how you want to feel and then reverse engineering that in your daily to do's. And I've supported women through this who are still in corporate, uh, women who stay at home, work from home, um, or in corporate working from home, whatever that looks like, or women who own businesses and it's a need and I see it and it's very counter culture. So, um, I've looked at some of your topics and I'm familiar with your story and I actually love your topics and I can relate to your story because I too have kids and I've been running this business and I also went through cancer a few years ago and I was in survival mode and I know you talk about that and I think cancer is what gave me permission to allow myself to put in place certain things that would give me uh, some um, ways to relax more and some ways to be able to calm myself down and figure out just how to live a more balanced life. But I, I do know also sometimes there is no balance in life and you just have to figure out how to make it happen. So personally, I absolutely, absolutely love your topics and I want to hear you speak and I want to learn from you because like you said, Alexis, we're always still learning. You mentioned that earlier and we always learn and you are an expert in your field. And so I, on a personal level, personal level, want to um, see you speak and hear you speak. And I want to start listening to your podcast now and I want to read your book. So that's for sure. I love what you're doing and it's so needed because there are so many of us out there. Now, in terms of speaking to corporate, um, I think that we can work together to tweak your topics um, because it is a little bit different with corporate audiences. So what I always do when I talk to speakers who are just starting, either just starting to speak or transitioning is I always ask a few questions. So my first question to you is, why do you wanna speak? So why do you wanna speak at all? So for instance, is it because you want to promote your book? And there's no right or wrong answer. So do you want to promote your book? Do you want to make money? Do you want to increase your brand? Do you want to attract business? So for instance, for a lot of people, they want to bring in more business to their company. And so that's where the revenue comes from, their other company. Um, do, you, do you speak just because you love it and you just want to get out there and speak? Or do you want to be a full-time speaker and you want to transition to become just a full-time speaker? Mm -hmm. So whatever answer you have, it's a different pathway and it's, it's different advice from me. And many of these overlap, I recognize. So I think you have to figure out why it is that you want to speak. What is your purpose in regards to being a speaker? And then there are more questions. For instance, why you? So why should a meeting planner choose you to speak on this topic? Um, also, is your topic timely and relevant for this business audience? And is your content really unique? So are other people talking about what you talk about? Or do you put a really specific, unique and creative spin on it? Um, and is, a demand, is there a demand for your topic? Is there enough of a demand? Then you have to think of who's your audience? Like very specifically, who is your audience? Um, is it big enough? 
So, you know, you have to have a very specific topic, but general enough to reach enough of an audience. And then how will you reach them? I mean, that's a whole other podcast series. <laughs> I can go on for a long time about how to reach your audience. Then we talk about your fee. So what is your fee? So you have to understand the marketplace and understand where you fall in, in relation to the other speakers who talk about what you speak about and what the market can bear. Um, so those are just a few questions that I would have to you. So let's talk about why it is that you want to speak. What is your purpose? Awesome. So everything that you were saying, my head was nodding yes, yes, yes to like, yes, for that reason. I think first and foremost, it's driven by purpose. It's like that inner desire to um, make an impact. And I believe in like planting those seeds, right? So it could just be that person in the audience heard me speak and that um, completely shifted their the trajectory of their life or how they were treating themselves. And there was something that you mentioned around, you know, cancer gave you permission. And I believe that is a huge part of the message, which is why are we waiting for cancer to give us permission? Why are we waiting for um, the crisis? Like, why are we not giving ourselves permission? Um, And that's part of my why too, to utilize the story and make that impact. So very purpose-driven and I would say that right now in this moment, my desire to speak is, you know, one to many um, and to bring revenue back into my business, to get my book in as many hands as possible, um, to get more listeners um, on the podcast, like listening to my podcast, like coming back to my content. um, And then eventually, if that's a desire of theirs to take the work deeper and to invest in themselves on a deeper level, whether that's at a personal or professional level. Um, yeah. And why I was like, I got lots of things. And then there was like, why okay. me? All of that. So like, I'm like, let's dive in. Okay. So one thing I would mention is right now your target market is women. Mm-hmm. So in, from my experience, based on our audiences, that is actually um, a narrow audience. So when we book speakers, it's not typically for women's groups. And in our experience, the women's groups we do work with have a lower budget. So it's not as often. And when it happens, it's a lower budget. So then you have to look at the frequency you want to speak and how much you want to make in regards to fee. And if you want to work with a bureau. So if you want to work with a bureau, then being solely focused on women's groups, that probably won't work because as a, as a bureau owner, that's too few speaking engagements on our end. So I would suggest that you broaden your pool of possible audiences. And in that case, I would broaden your topic. So when I looked at your website, I saw that what you speak about, and if you're interested in this, the topics you speak about are very relevant to everyone. Mm -hmm. So it's not just to mothers, but it's to everyone who is struggling with overcoming obstacles. So for instance, you speak about rebuilding yourself, about energetic time management, neutralizing feelings of powerlessness, switch up your thinking to reclaim life's possibilities and fill your heart with hope, even in the face of adversity. 
So that makes me think of um, topics that we book for business audiences, like overcoming obstacles, resiliency and grit, inspiration, teamwork, communication, making communications. Those are all um, topics that are very relevant today for business audiences. So I think that if you're open to it, you can take your content and just broaden it for a wider audiences and put a business slant to it. I have a question for you. Yes. Is it possible to, to brand yourself openly in the speaking world and yet your coaching is still geared just towards women or is that a detriment? You can absolutely do that. So for instance, we have two speakers who specialize in working with youth. One is a psychologist, one is a psychiatrist. And so it took them many years, but they did rebrand themselves. And now they work with um, corporate audiences and they, they do coaching on the side with families and youth. And it's worked out extremely well. So yes, I do think that you could rebrand yourself for corporations and continue to do your coaching on the side. It's not a problem at all. That just feels very counterintuitive to what we are taught in the business world, which is like niche, niche, niche. And so what I'm learning is multiple things. One, as a coach, my message evolves because I evolve. And so who I was, you know, five years ago is not the same topics that I I'm attracted to talking about now, Mm -hmm. but this feels like not compartmentalizing, but it's almost like you are the brand, you know, what you do in your business, this is an extension of it, almost like, you know, a product, like speaking as a product. Like if I was writing a book about this versus writing a book about this, like you can have these little pockets of, um, I guess, revenue stream and they can be branded differently. That's what I'm picking up on. Absolutely. Um, I think that when you speak to businesses, you have to remember that businesses are made up of people and people have the, all the same issues that um, we each have. So they're all parents, they're all overcoming obstacles and they have these issues within the businesses, uh, their jobs as well. So these are all the same issues, but they can just be framed in different ways. I I think also that when you go into corporations, uh, the best speakers have the best stories, in my opinion. And um, from the clip I saw of your talk, I can tell that you're a good storyteller. So I would incorporate stories as well. So um, I think also as a speaker, it's important that you customize your talk. So when you go into a corporation, you have to understand what the needs of the company is. So you can tell your story, but understand what their needs are. So you know what individuals need based on your story and what you've gone through, but each corporation has a different need as well. So once you talk with the meeting planner, you will understand what their objectives are. And then what I suggest you do is you bring in um, stories that illustrate your points. And when you're talking to businesses, you can find interesting business stories that will relay the lessons that you're trying to convey. And then that's how it can make it more sort of corporate. So that's one suggestion. I have so many questions about how do you do this without diluting the brand? Because it makes everything you're sharing completely makes sense. And I'm thinking about Heather, but I'm also thinking about others that are in our community and that I I know lots of friends and acquaintances who would have a great message to share with corporate, but they don't typically have 
you know, the corporate current business, like our friend Peter Katz. <laughs> um, and, you know, he was branded as an artist and musician, kind of like Heather is branded as a coach and a speaker for women and uh, a supporter of women and an author for women. And how do you maintain, how do you think people best maintain that core brand and still have this great offering of speaking to corporate? Is there a way that you can find out a lot or do you kind of have to have like a, a total rebrand so that there's no confusion and so that corporations don't go onto your main website and see that you're a coach or go onto your main website and see that you're a musician or an artist or uh, the maker of dips or something, <laughs> any other core business that some of our listeners would have. Yeah, I think sometimes it's tricky. So Peter Katz, whom I love and I think is just incredible. He's a singer songwriter and um, he is doing incredibly well now as a speaker too. So he has incorporated his uh, singing into his his speaking. So it's a performance, but he weaves in his stories into his uh, talks and his music. And he's been able to really bridge that well. And I think that um, like with you, Heather, you can bring in your personal stories and you can relate it back to the audience. But uh, what I would suggest is you don't relate it back to just women, you relate it to men too. And um, I think that with all speakers, bring in your personal stories, bring in what it is that you do into your corporate talks, you know, weave it all together. So it's cohesive. The interesting part about this and from a personal perspective is I believe we all start our businesses from our own needs, right? Like an own, especially if it's like a heart-centered uh, service-based, um, and you get laser focused on your little area of the world and you begin to forget to brown everyone else's challenges or how it is universal. And every single time recently, when I'm talking about women in general, my husband always corrects me and says, this is not just a woman's issue. And I actually feel on the contrary to that being like, so female driven, um, that they feel, they start to feel isolated and that, um, you know, inclusive in that message, but there is a little bit of a fear there, right. Of the dilution of a message when, yeah. And I feel like there's that walking that fine line and I can understand how that happens in a room with speakers uh, as a speaker, understanding that there's a lot of people in an audience. It's not just geared to one, uh, gender specific and, I'm noticing that now too on my podcast that I'm starting to get more uh, messages from men saying like, I'm struggling with this too. Can you talk about it from a male perspective or uh, can you have men on the podcast? And um, so it's interesting to walk that line of trying to advocate for a specific target market um, and then being inclusive at the same time. So this is super helpful. You know, it'd be interesting is if you sort of illustrated the woman's point of view and then the um, the male point of view, or you know, sort of like mixed it up a little bit, or told stories, just maybe stories about resilience. I think that's what I would do if I were you, because then everyone can relate to it. And now also, it's you know, in homes, it's it's not just male female all the time too. Yeah. So I think I would broaden it and I talk about resilience and overcoming obstacles. And then it's a really wide audience. And that's something that everyone needs to hear 
everywhere. <laughs> Everyone needs to hear about grit and resiliency. That's actually really um, something that we're booking probably the most right now, resiliency, mental health. But yeah, if, if you can expand that a little bit, and then you can still keep a topic of, uh, that's specifically devoted to, to women. I really appreciate this. And here I have a question for you about marketing mm-hmm. in general, um, because when Alexis and I were having this conversation, my, my rebel came out and I was like, I don't want to, you know, ah, corporate. And it's like, and I, I talked to a lot of women about this, mostly women, but there's this, the message inside of us is there, right? I'm like, yes, my whole life is about grit. My whole life has been about resilience and mental health and mental wellness. And, you know, we speak from our own, you know, if you have a podcast and it's uncensored, uncensored, and, you know, you get in that world and you can speak to other people uncensored, but the importance of branding and marketing to attract what you desire. It's almost, it's not about like manipulating. I'm seeing it differently now through this conversation. It's not about manipulating um, yourself to meet their needs. It's about selling yourself to them and being like, okay, if grit is your topic, here's how I can do grit. And then once you're there with grit and resiliency and mental health, yes, you weave yourself into it. So it's almost what I'm hearing you say is give them what they want and sprinkle in a little bit of what they really need uh, with stories and, and that connection piece. Absolutely. I think it's so interesting. I'm not a speaker, but if I was a speaker to talk to the client, find drill down and figure out exactly what it is that the, the audience needs to hear and then do some research into it. And then, you know, understand the psychology behind the audience. And then based on your expertise in that area, um, put together the talk for them. Now, one thing is you don't need to do a different talk every time. Have your standard talk and then customize and tweak it according to the needs of your audience. And so have your, your one big phenomenal talk that is yours. And then put in the the stories that that audience needs to hear. So let's say you have um, five or six or seven stories available to you. Choose the ones that are right for that audience. So choose the ones that they, they need to hear around teamwork or communication or building connections, you know, and then maybe for you, the overriding theme is resilience. And then your signature talk can be your story with um, overcoming cancer. And I know you have a photo of yourself where it shows you in in that uh, stage of your life. Mm -hmm. And you talk about what you went through. And then perhaps if you're working with um, a client in the food industry, you you find a couple stories within uh, that sector so they can relate to that. So you have some human stories, some business stories, and you can really make it a really vibrant, interesting um, talk with some visuals because people will remember lessons that are woven into stories. So that's how you can continue to change up your talk and customize it and make it more interesting for you too and do some research and then they, they'll really feel like it's, it's made for them. How do you... I have so many questions. I hope you don't mind me jumping in with this one, but I'm just sure. 
you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, well, if everyone wants resilience talks right now, and then, you know, a lot of speakers are turning around and saying, well, I'm a resilient speaker. I can do that. And, you know, unfortunately, there are also a lot of folks that have experienced cancer in their lives. And so that might not even be a completely unique story to share. How do you make your story? How do you make yourself stand out as a unique speaker? I mean, it's like we said about Peter, it's so obvious with him because he's bringing his guitar on stage and he's speaking and he's playing and, and that's a, a unique approach. But for other speakers, uh, for those that are listening and or for Heather who is here, what's the best way to stand out from the crowd? What do you do? Well, everyone's unique in their own way and everyone has their own story to tell and everyone has their own knowledge. And I think the hardest thing is to figure out why you, why should a meeting planner choose you? So there are thousands of speakers who talk about leadership and leadership is a hugely popular topic. So why should someone choose you to speak about leadership? Do you have content that's different from everyone else? Do you have content that is um, uniquely delivered? Um, and we haven't even talked about platform skills, by the way. So you have to be great and you have to um, be able to provide the content in, a, content in a way that people want to listen to it. So in terms of platform skills, I personally don't enjoy a speaker who's too polished. So I like speakers who speak as though they're having a conversation with the audience, very relaxed, casual, um, not too, speakers who don't look too obviously overly rehearsed. So I'll see some of our speakers speak, you know, over and over and over and over again, and they look so comfortably and not rehearsed, but I know it's the exact same talk but they just look so comfortable. Platform skills is a whole other topic. Everyone needs to be able to speak well and um, have all their equipment, everything done. But in terms of their content, they need to stand out. So from a bureau's point of view, we, and we get maybe a thousand speakers a year approach us and we take on very, very few. So we'll see a ton of speakers talk about leadership or resiliency, or teamwork, you know, on and on and on. So you need to be able to really stand out and make this content your own. So, you know, we'll get a bunch of Everest climbers, or we'll get a bunch of Olympians. So what, what makes you different from all the rest? So that's the hard work. Heather, what do you think makes you different from all the rest? <laughs> well, I was thinking about that question. And I I think that's like the lifelong question around like, why am I different? You know, like what's my, I see it in the personal realm, which is what's my purpose and also standing into it. I feel like showing up as that speaker and really wanting to um, deliver that. It's like, you have to show up and into. And when you ask that question right now, I think it's delivery, delivering in a way that's practical, that's real, that's raw, that's honest. Um, that's timely and really connecting with the heart of the person in the audience, like knowing what they're thinking and what they're feeling and connecting directly to that story of like, I see you, I hear you, you're not alone and hope is possible. Um, but you got to do the work. Like it's not just going to show up on your doorstep. So why me? What makes me different? 
my, my response is, I want to say, I don't know, but sometimes I think having it reflected back to you is, is easier than like figuring that out yourself, but I can just reflect on, um, what I've heard from people say of like, why would you listen to my podcast over somebody else? Or what did you get from this talk that maybe you wouldn't have gotten from somebody else's talk, which is typically relatable, practical, practical, simple, um, digestible, understandable. And, um, I have the life experience, but also the awareness to, yeah, make it easy and digestible for people to understand a very complex issue. Something else I would just mention is in terms of selling yourself as a speaker, just sort of the nuts and bolts, something that I would uh, suggest is that you can sell the keynote and then you can sell uh, your book with it. You can do bulk sales of your book, or if you're looking to increase the sales sale of your book, you can lower the fee of your keynote and you can, uh, you know, increase the sales of your book, or you can uh, bulk sell your book with your keynote, or you can sell your book at the back of the room. Like there are many different ways that you can sell your book. Secondly, you can perhaps do something with your podcast. Um, maybe what you can do is interview someone at the company. Um, if there's like a, a female CEO, you can bring them onto the podcast then maybe you can link that back to their website. So maybe you can upsell that way. So I, one, I, compl- I appreciate all of this information and what, as a business owner, you do understand grit and taking messy action and just starting. And, you know, there's so many questions I have like, okay, how do you create the keynote or how do you do this? Or how do you do that? And programs out there, coaching programs that will solve these problems for you. Um, where do you suggest when people start when they're just getting started and maybe they're not at bureau status yet? Okay. So the most important thing is, first of all, a speaker needs to practice as much as possible. So figure out um, what is your thing. So is it resiliency? Is it teamwork? Is it communications? What is your thing? Figure out your topics. So every speaker, I would say, needs one two or three topics. So have your main thing, have your three topics. Each topic should have roughly um, two or 300 word description, have your bio. Um, I would also say the most important thing once you figure out what it is you're gonna talk about, practice, 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 get your main keynote um, perfect, ready to go, feel really comfortable. It may take you, you know, six months of doing it once a week at freebies, wherever you can, then tape yourself. So have it videotaped, um, then have a five to seven minute video excerpt of your best content, put that on your uh, website, along with a bio. So have your bio roughly 300 words, have your topics. Then I would say, um, also have shorter video clips, say 30 seconds, one minute clips. And then send, then if you're looking for representation, you can send these short clips and your bio and your topic descriptions to bureaus. And there are a, a number of different bureaus across North America and overseas, et cetera. You can try to identify the right ones 
that you would like to represent you if you're looking for representation. And I would suggest that you don't go with like a huge number of bureaus because then that begins to dilute your brand. So like choose, you know, maybe one or two in Canada, maybe three or four in the States, maybe one or two in the UK, et cetera. Um, or you can go exclusive. So there's, you can go exclusive, you can go non-exclusive. So being exclusive means that one bureau represents you exclusively and they handle all your leads. Um, they handle all your negotiation. You're with that bureau and that's it. You can be with two or three bureaus. That means you're non-exclusive with any bureau. And, um, and you can also handle all your own leads and your requests. And often speakers have assistance. And one thing to also remember is if you are with a bureau, whether exclusively or non-exclusively, you should still be doing a lot of work on your own. So you should, you should not depend on your bureau to um, do everything for you. So we would expect that speakers maintain their websites, that they're still out there you know, promoting their books, um, they are still working on new uh, topics. So being a speaker is really like having their, your own business and you should still be doing your research, still always evolving. And uh, I mean, it's a really exciting, vibrant uh, community of speakers. And really, I think it's the most exciting business to be in because it's, it's always evolving and exciting and uh, I love hanging around speakers. They're the most fascinating people, I think. I encourage people to learn more about it. And there's actually an association called the National Speakers Association, which is uh, worldwide with chapters everywhere. And you can learn more about them and more about the speaking community there. Awesome. Thank you. Where should people go to learn? I know you were, you were sharing this. Like, Do you recommend a specific program, school, coach, facilitator, do you run one? Maybe I don't even know about a speaker spotlight program that you're, you're running. Well, we don't coach speakers, but we do recommend a couple of speakers depending on where a spe speaker coaches, depending on where the speakers are. So if you're starting out, we'll recommend one. If you're very highly accomplished, we'll recommend someone else. So a number of our speakers who are really, really well-known still go to speaker coaches. So yeah, like the learning never stops. Um, but like I say, NSA is a good place to start, National Speakers Association. And then there are a few others. Like you mentioned Speaker Slam. We know them. And uh, there are a few others. Heather, do you have any more questions while we have Farrah still here with us? No questions. But I am I just want to say thank you. I'm really excited. Um, I can tell you're extremely passionate about what you do in that last comment around like, you know, it's, it's fun and exciting. And, you know, anything that worth doing takes energy and effort. And so when you're putting your energy and effort towards it, you just got to get the ball rolling in that momentum. So um, it can, any new adventure can feel overwhelming, but you can choose, is that overwhelm or am I going to shift it into possibility and excitement? Um, so I want to say thank you. And I've personally done a lot of research around becoming a speaker over the years, not necessarily being committed to follow through with the research, like, you know, the gathering of information and you have given so much 
valuable content in this conversation. So I will be listening to it again and again and again and again. So thank you. Well, thank you. I'm so excited. And Heather, the work that you're doing is really valuable. And I'm hoping that you do enter the corporate market and open it up to audiences everywhere, because I know that many people would really be inspired by your story and learning the lessons that you have to share. So thank you so much for um, uh, joining me today on this, on this and allowing me to learn from you. And uh, I'm excited for more audiences out there to learn from you too. Thank you. So thank you, Alexis. Thank you both. And before we wrap up for today, Heather, what would you say your biggest takeaway from today is, or one of your top takeaways, something that you are going to go off and think about (laughs) as you uh, go on with your day, your week, your month, and and think about speaking? So it's funny because I want to say it's resilience and grit, uh, which is just not giving up on a dream or a desire. So knowing that I don't need to have the answer in front of me right now, but you've given so many seeds to, to cultivate and to nurture. So um, just creating the space to actually step into uh, becoming a speaker, like a well-known speaker in the corporate world. Um, and assets are really, really important. So just because you know you're awesome or other people know you're awesome, it's really being able to market that and translate that into um, you know, tangible assets for somebody else to, to see that in you. I really enjoyed this conversation with Heather and Farah. Today, I invite you to think about this. If you're thinking about adding professional speaking to your business, why? Why do you really want to speak? What's your purpose? Why you? There are thousands of entrepreneurs, many of them with great stories. So why should a meeting planner choose you? What's your unique creative spin? Thousands of people have climbed Everest, but only a few successful speakers are hired to speak about it. Even if you've done something remarkable, you need a really good story about it. How can you broaden your topic and speak to a wider audience? Lastly, how will you drill down and learn what the audience really needs to learn from you? And how can you turn those lessons into stories to share? Thank you so much for being here today. I can't wait for you to meet the rest of the incredible entrepreneurs who are joining me on the podcast. I'll be releasing new episodes every Wednesday, so be sure to follow the podcast on whichever app you use so that you don't miss out on insights, inspiration, and big ideas. Do you know someone who could really use these nuggets of knowledge? Take a quick screenshot, post it on social, and tag a friend or two, or just text it straight to them. That's really why I created this podcast, to share this expertise and peer-to-peer support with you and all the other entrepreneurs that need it. So if you enjoyed this episode, I'd be grateful for a quick five-star rating and review on whatever app you're listening on. It'll go a long way to helping me serve and support even more entrepreneurs. Thanks again for joining me. I can't wait to connect with you again next week. See you soon.